0: Wonder what comes to mind when you hear the word possession? Does it send you into a world of scary movies? Or do you think about the things that you own? And what if I was to tell you that those two things are more closely linked than it might seem? Hi, and welcome to St Ninian's Church. We're based in Stonehouse in Scotland, and I'm Stuart, and I get to be the minister here. Thanks for choosing to join us today from wherever you find yourself. And don't forget to like, subscribe, share, you know, tell your friends about us. But more importantly, know that you are loved by God, and so are they. We all are. Today I'm joined by Margaret, who will read for us and lead us in prayer.
1: A reading this morning can be found in Luke chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. Once, when large crowds of people were going along with Jesus, he turned and said to them, Those who come to me cannot be my disciples unless they love me more than they love father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and themselves as well. Those who do not carry their own cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. If one of you is planning to build a tower, you sit down first and figure out what it will cost to see if you have enough money to finish the job. If you don't, you will not be able to finish the tower after laying the foundation and all who see what happened will make fun of you. You began to build but can't finish the job, they will say. If a king goes out with 10,000 men to fight another king who comes against him with 20,000 men, he will sit down first and decide if he is strong enough to face that other king. If he isn't, he will send messengers to meet the other king to ask for terms of peace while he is still a long way off. In the same way, concluded Jesus, none of you can be my disciple unless you give up everything you have.
0: I want to start at the end and work backwards today because I think that might help us to get to the heart of what Jesus is talking about. So verse 33 says this, So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all of your possessions. Before we think about possession in the sense of having something, I wanted to remind us that the idea of possession is one that runs all the way through the Gospels. People are possessed by demons or unclean spirits. But Jesus also encourages people to give up their possessions, their riches. We usually now save our sense of possession for horror films where some evil spirit takes possession of someone who is then helpless to exercise their own free will. When we read of these kinds of stories in the Bible, where people are possessed by demons who control them and make their life a misery, we see that being possessed is a spiritually damaging experience. Being possessed limits the ability to live. But these are just stories, right? Today we would consign the movies to overactive imaginations designed to scare people, and those stories in the Bible we well, we tend to explain away by our improved understanding of mental illness. I wonder, what are you possessed by? That might seem like a really strange question, but stay with me for a moment and let me ask the question in a slightly different way. What couldn't you give up or live without? That could be something or even someone. When you get to something you think you would struggle to give up, ask yourself, why? And if the answer looks like, because it's mine, I own it, I have control of it, then we are definitely in the territory that Jesus is in today. And this isn't just about us as individuals though, we possess things collectively too. Liam Fraser has recently written about the strange place we find ourselves in as a church in Scotland, in a piece that he titles The Blessing of Decline. In it he suggests that the church is going through the process of giving up. It's a forced giving up, but it strikes me that that's exactly what Jesus is talking about in today's passage. And there is blessing in it. why else would Jesus encourage such radical divestment? Liam spells out where we are. The glory of the church has departed. Church membership is in decline. We don't have enough ministers. Our churches are falling apart. I think we all recognise some of this and we feel it. And that's sad. Many of us feel that sadness acutely. The church has been so important to us. These places have been The venue for most of our significant moments, baptisms, weddings and funerals. Places where our joys and sadness have been given voice and acknowledged. Places where our efforts have been focused and our time has been invested. We could spend our energy complaining. We could bemoan all the things that are different now, how the world has changed. We could point out where we think it all went wrong and who's to blame. The church has tried that for the last 70 years. And it hasn't worked, it hasn't done any good. Many congregations across the country are now being asked that very question right now. As part of Presbytery Mission Plans, they are being asked, would you give up your church building? Would you give up the convenience of something nearby? Would you give up your identity as a member of this particular church? Others are being asked if they would welcome people from other congregations to form a new congregation together. Would they give up some of their power, the power that they have and share it with other people? We're not, as part of that plan, being asked any of those things. And for that, we're strangely grateful. I wonder if our reading today doesn't pose the same questions to us, both as a church and as individuals. What would we be willing to give up to follow Jesus? And would we give all of this church stuff up? Would we give up our building? Well, some of you have. We did it for over a year when it was closed because of COVID. And what about our traditions would we give them up? Well, over time those traditions have changed and evolved. I wonder where our line would be. Where our own line and where our line as a church would be. And why? I wonder if when we ask those questions and defend our answers, we're expressing a sense of possession. This is our church. This is my church. We decide what happens here. Possession means the state of having, owning or controlling something. Possession is about power. Having, owning, controlling. They're all power words. So to possess or to be possessed is to have Own or control, or to be had, owned, or controlled. If I have something, then you can't have it. If I control something, then I see how it gets used. If I hold power over someone, then I can control what they do and how they do it and when. Gathering, acquiring, consolidating, having, owning, controlling. That was the way of Pharaoh. Wealth was measured in how much things, how much stuff that Pharaoh had. And there was a plan to avoid that happening in the new land when the slaves escaped. The answer was Jubilee. Every 75 years the land would return to its original owner for no fee. It was like a giant reset button so nobody could own all of the resources. Family too was a very different thing then. They were households where extended family lived together, scratching a living from the land. Marriage was about strategic partnership, consolidating wealth or influence. The father was the head of the household, and what he said was what happened. Children were workers, there were no schools. As soon as they were able, they were out working. And there was, of course, security in that. Families looked after each other. You know who was in and who was out. You know who you were. You knew who you were responsible for and who was a potential threat or rival. In short, they had just become like everyone else. When Jesus talks about hating family, he's talking about getting out of a system where your worth is determined by your gender, or how hard you can work, or which order you were born in, or who you were related to. If possession is about control, we need to be very aware that the things that we possess in many ways define us. We possess things we think have value, things we think give us status. I wonder how many of us would be happy to say that we belong to God. The story of Israel starts with Abraham, a man who left the security of everything that was familiar without knowing where he was going or how that was all going to work out. He and his wife Sarah, even though they were old and had no children, they left. They left the security of their family because God called them to a new life. They gave up the way it had always been done and did a new thing because God asked that of them and all they had was a promise that everything would work out. The Hebrew slaves who found themselves trapped in Egypt were freed into a wilderness where they had to learn how to live together as a community. They learned that everyone mattered and that they all had to play a part or they would all suffer. They had to learn to rely on God and not themselves. They had to learn that they were not possessions and that they didn't need possessions to give them a sense of worth. The church is not ours. It never has been. This is the church of Jesus Christ. The moment we forget that we're in big trouble and we have forgotten. And now as the things that we possessed are being stripped away, we have an opportunity to regain what the church should have been all along. The glory of the church has departed. So now we can glory in God. Church membership is declining. So now we can rediscover discipleship. We don't have enough ministers. So now we must all minister. Our churches are falling apart. So now we'll be a church without walls. It seems so obvious. We've modelled church on the world. Having, owning, controlling, rather than standing as a beacon for a different way. Worship the Lord your God only. It's the first commandment. It might seem counterintuitive, but giving up possession of the church offers us the freedom to follow Jesus. And at the very least, it should remind us to sit much more lightly to this institution which only exists to help us to discover more about God. When Jesus tells us, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all of your possessions, he's inviting us to leave behind our false notions of the things that give us value and worth. When we don't have to worry about the glory of the church, we can give glory to God. The church should never be about counting members. It has only ever been about discipleship together. Ministry is about teaching and caring and showing love to people. So how on earth did that become the job of one person? We are all ministers. Our churches are falling apart. Well, that means that we have the chance to dream about what kind of spaces will help us to grow and worship together, to learn together, to support our community together. Now we can be a church without walls. Jesus said, you are blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and His rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself a proud owner of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal that you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At that moment of being careful, you find yourself cared for. You're blessed when you've got your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family.
2: There is hope in the mighty name of Jesus There is hope There is hope There is hope name of Jesus, there is hope, there is hope.
1: Merciful God, we thank you for the life you give us, for the people who journey with us and the wonders of the natural world that will never cease to amaze us. Your unconditional love for creation is overwhelming to us and we are in awe of it all. Your love continues to pour out upon the world and you invite us to work with you, putting all else behind us and building your kingdom of love and service here and now. You long for the world to become a place where all are welcome and we all live in peace. You desire people to work together to bring equality and justice for everyone. Lord, we hear your call and ask for your help as we contemplate what you are asking us, remembering all you have given for us and knowing you ask little in return, even when at times a little can seem a lot. Lord, we pray for all who know and love you already, for all who use your gifts to build your kingdom and who willingly accept the cost of their service. Lord, we pray for all who don't know you, but strive to make the world a better place based on love and justice. May they come to know you as we do and continue to serve you. Lord, we pray for all who have come to know you, but feel the cost is too much to bear, and who choose to live their life their own way. May they know you will always be there for them, and welcome them when they are ready to return. May they have a sense of your presence in their lives, no matter what choices they make. Lord, we pray for all who are coming to know you, and wondering what you are asking them to do. We pray for all who are considering a call to some kind of ministry in the church. May they be open to your call and willing to take the risk of serving you in this way. Lord, we pray for your church, facing the cost of fewer members and restructuring. May all the pruning and change bring new growth and life, preparing the church for this next phase of kingdom building. Lord, we offer these prayers and are thankful that you promise to answer them in your own time and way. Help us to be ready to receive and act in the answers when they come. This we ask in the words you have taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever.
0: Amen. Thinking, praying, looking, understanding. We will walk with you. Asking, listening, wondering, hoping. We will walk with you. Serving, sharing, receiving and giving. We will walk with you. For we go with your blessing, the blessing of God known to us as Father, Son and Holy Spirit, with us this day and always.
2: Hey.